Running a business can be compared to riding a roller coaster. One day you are productive and you know exactly what you need to do to move the needle in your business. The next day you're lost and discouraged and left wondering if you should just throw in the towel on the whole darn thing. Wash, rinse, repeat. And no matter what level you are at in your business, or what juncture you find yourself on that roller coaster ride, at some point you will find yourself standing in one place thinking to yourself, I'm not sure what to do next. Hiring a business coach can help you find your way out of these kinds of ruts, and it can also help you to set goals, be accountable to someone other than yourself or your team. It can help you deal with overwhelm, and it can also certainly lead you to develop new skills. But knowing whether or not you need a coach or if you're even ready to hire a business coach is a whole other question. And that's why my guest, best-selling author and founder of Coach with Clarity, Lee Shea McDonough, is here today to help you decide if coaching is right for you. In today's episode, Lee will help you to better understand the world of business coaching. She'll walk you through how to know if you're ready for coaching where to begin your search, and what to look for in a business coach. And I'll add this. Research by the International Coach Federation has found that of small business owners who hired a business coach, 70% of them have seen increased work performance, 86% have seen a return on investment, and an impressive 99% of entrepreneurs report that they were happy that they made the decision to hire a business coach. So before you click away because you think this is just another business expense that you don't need to add, you may want to listen in today because dodging a business coach could be costing you serious business growth. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Lee. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. How are you? I'm great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So Lee, you are a business coach and you also teach business coaches how to be business coaches. So you've really kind of carved yourself a place of expertise in the world of coaching. So I'm hoping that we can start by hearing your story and how you landed in the world of coaching. Absolutely. Because like many coaches, coaching really was a second career for me. Prior to being a coach, I was a psychotherapist and actually still am a licensed clinical social worker, though I'm no longer practicing as a therapist. But I had been doing that for over 15 years when I had a couple major life transitions happen all at once. 2015 was a topsy-turvy year where my husband got out of the Air Force. We had been living in Germany for four years to that date, and we were moving back to the United States. At the time, my two sons were eight and six, so they had essentially grown up in Europe. And so we had a lot of changes going on all at once. So I took a little time off professionally just to help with that transition. 
And after about nine months, I started getting the desire to return to the workforce. And yet on some level, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to go back into traditional mental health. I really, really loved the time that I spent as a therapist. I loved working with clients and I wanted to continue to work with people and to support them in achieving what they wanted. But I was wondering if there was a way to do that outside a therapeutic setting. And while all of this was going on, my husband, who is a periodontist, so he's a dental specialist, he bought a dental practice here in North Carolina. And Here he was, this extraordinary clinician who had never owned a business before. That's certainly not something dental school prepares you for, nor does the Air Force, really. And so I was watching this incredibly gifted man feel like a novice in the area of business. And that's a really interesting tension to observe when you are at the top of your game in one area and you're entering something new in another. And that really took a toll on his mindset. And so I'm observing this happen both as his partner, but also this therapist piece in me is going, I've seen this before. I've seen this in a therapeutic context. This is different. And I am willing to bet he's not the only person out there who has felt this way. How can I show up and serve other people like him, business owners, healthcare providers, and the like, who don't necessarily need therapy, but who still want support so that they can accomplish everything that they dream of in their business and in their life. And as I started doing some research, that's when I discovered coaching. And I realized that this could be a really beautiful second career for me and a way to continue to serve other people while leveraging my skill set and really taking off in an entirely different direction. And so that's really what I've spent the last five to six years doing. Yeah, and I well imagine that as a therapist, you were running your own business. So along the way, you were picking up some of these business skills and it just makes so much sense. I mean, in business, the fact that you have a past as a therapist, I'm like, of course, and now you're a business therapist. We all need one of those. But I think for a lot of us, it takes a little while to get there. It takes a little while before you realize that's something that you need. And I'll speak from my own personal experience. I resisted it for a long time because I think for some of the typical reasons, because I thought it was an unnecessary expense. It was just going to cost me more money to do this thing. And I wasn't really sure what the value would be or what I would come out at the end with. And I just looked at it from strictly a cost perspective. And I guess as the saying goes, I wasn't seeing the forest for the trees. So I'm hoping now that maybe you could explain a little bit to listeners who might be thinking, okay, I'm in business. Maybe there's some things that I'm struggling with, but I'm really not sure that I need to hire a coach or, or have this person in my life to do whatever it is that they do. Can you help listeners understand if they might be wondering this for themselves? Yeah, I'd be happy to, because I think the experience you shared is one that a lot of business owners experience. I mean, those of us who start our own businesses, we're go-getters, we're driven, we're devoted, and many of us feel like we should be able to do this on our own. And to get help, it's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just do this on my own? And that's actually where partnering with a coach can be really timely and really effective and in the long run actually save you time, energy, and money. 
When I talk about coaching, I really like to use the International Coaching Federation's definition of coaching because ICF is kind of the preeminent organization for coaches out there. And their definition is streamlined and it's simple, but it really gets to the heart of it because it talks about how coaching is a partnership where coaches engage in a thought-provoking and creative process to maximize the client's personal and professional potential. So we're looking at, there's really three elements of that definition that I think are important. Number one is it's a partnership. So this is a relationship of equals. We are on the same footing, same power dynamics. So as a coach, I don't come in and tell you what to do. And as a client, you don't come in and boss me around either. We really meet each other on equal footing. And then as the coach, I engage in the process of inquiry. My role is to ask really thoughtful, powerful questions to help you as the client have those aha moments to develop those insights and make connections maybe where before we didn't see them. And then once we've done that, we translate that into action. And that's where maximizing potential really comes in because it's great to have an aha moment. But if we don't take that insight and apply it to actual behavior, then what's the point, right? And so a really good coach understands how to navigate that inquiry process and then have it lead into action. So I really view coaching as a catalyst. Do you need a coach? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I really do believe that every person has everything they need inside them to create whatever it is they want. But working with a coach is that catalyst. It can speed up the process and it can make it more enjoyable. And also you're learning about yourself and what you really want for your business and for your life through the process of coaching. Absolutely. So you mentioned that there were three tiers, partnership. What were the other two? Yes, partnership and then thought-provoking and that creative process. So that's really the process of inquiry. And then finally, maximizing potential. So those are really the three elements of the definition that I think are so comprehensive and really provide some insight into what the coaching process looks like. So there's the relationship building, there's the powerful questioning, and then there's the moving forward with action. Got it. So let me ask you the most fundamental question here. Mm -hmm. How do I know if I need a business coach? So I think the first question I would ask is, are you achieving the goals that you set for yourself? And are you achieving them in a manner that feels good? Like, I think we can focus on the how, so the actual process, what are you doing? But then we can also focus on the how does it feel? Because we don't start our businesses to be miserable. We don't start our businesses just to be handcuffed to another job. Ideally, they are bringing us a sense of fulfillment and joy. And I firmly believe that there is room for joy in business. And it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be hard times there will be. And it's how we navigate those hard times that can teach us a lot about ourselves as professionals and as human beings. So I think if you are answering, "Mm, I'm not sure to, are you achieving what you want? And are you doing so in a manner that feels good? That would probably be a strong indication that maybe coaching is something for you to explore. Because a coach can help you refine your processes so that you are achieving your goals and help you do it in a way that is in line with what matters most to you, to your values, and what you want to stand for. Absolutely. And I think in a lot of cases, we're very siloed as entrepreneurs, especially as small business owners or makers, owners of small enterprises, let's say that. 
it can be really lonely. And sometimes when you're setting your own goals and hitting your own goals, and it's just kind of you there that you're accountable to, it's nice to kind of bring someone in from the outside so that you feel a little less alone. Is that a reason why some people will bring on coaches as well? Absolutely. I think there's such value in having an objective opinion and even a detached opinion. Because as a coach, I care very deeply for my clients and I'm invested in their success. But in terms of how they achieve that, my goal is to make sure that's happening in the way that's going to be best for them. And so I can bring in that outside vantage point and say, okay, I hear what you're saying and you're seeing it from this perspective. May I offer you another perspective? And then maybe another and another. And that way we can take all of these viewpoints and decide really what's going to serve you best and how you want to show up in your business. Amazing. And so at the end of the day, your clients or the person being coached is the person who's designing the plan and setting the goals. You're just asking the questions in a strategic way that gets them really thinking and sort of doing a strategic brain dump. Exactly. My process and the process that I teach coaches that I train is how to create that container so that magic can happen in session and then throughout the coaching relationship. And so there is a strategy. There are specific tools that we can use to create that container and that provides structure. But at the same time, we're not scheduling every minute of every session down to the finest detail. We want to leave some breathing space in there because that's that creative part that we talk about in the definition of coaching. We want to make room for the magic because sometimes the greatest insights, we can't plan in advance. So we create the structure so that we have some boundaries to the work that we do, but there's a lot of flexibility within that structure. Yeah, I mean, if the sky is the limit, it's structure of the sky, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So can you give me some examples maybe of like small business owners or entrepreneurs that you've worked with and kind of what it looks like day to day in sort of this coach-client relationship? I would say most of the clients that I've worked with are looking to expand or grow in some form or fashion. So unsurprisingly, because of my background as a therapist, a good number of my individual clients have been therapists themselves who are either looking to grow their therapy practice or they're looking to transition into something different like coaching. And so what we do, and I find that there's a pretty common process or cycle that I see where we start on the how-to level, which is how do I do this? How do I get more clients? How do I see fewer clients but bring in more revenue? How do I transition into coaching? Whatever the question is, we're on kind of a nuts and bolts, tell me what to do level. And so I meet my clients where they are, which I think is a really important part of coaching. We need to be really aware of where our client is in their journey and walk beside them. So if that's where my clients are, that's where we start. Interestingly, though, after we do some of the how-to work, I find that then we kind of transition deeper. Because that's when the mindset issues start to emerge. Because it's one thing to know how to do something it's quite another to believe that you can do it. And what I find typically after the first few sessions is that's where some of the self-doubt and some of the limiting beliefs come in. So who am I to charge this much for a session? Who am I to put myself out there as a coach? What if I fail? Or what if I succeed? Will I still be the same person? And so that's the point in the relationship where we can really start to uncover some of those deeper, long-held beliefs that may actually be obstacles to achieving that desired outcome. 
So we do some work around that, and then we're able to reemerge and revisit some of the how-to stuff, but from an entirely different perspective because we've done the mindset work. And I am a strong proponent of mindset. In fact, I talk a lot about the three M's, meaning, mindset, and mindfulness, and how those can really anchor your business. And I talk much more about that in my book, Act on Your Business. But I think if we rush into the mindset piece before we meet our clients where they are, then we can kind of like get ahead of ourselves. So I am a mindset coach. I I infuse that in my work, but I want to make sure that I'm not dictating the timeframe and that we start with what the client needs and then we allow that to evolve because that's where the really powerful change can occur. Oh, hey, popping in here for a quick sec. Do you ever think about starting your own podcast, but you worry that the sound quality might hold you back? Well, don't let that be the culprit. I want to let you in on a little secret. So lean in. East Coast Studio. East Coast Studio is the reason that this podcast sounds so amazing and they will take care of all your sound editing needs so that you can focus on the fun stuff. The experts at East Coast Studio will ensure your podcast is the highest possible quality to reflect well on you and your brand and to deliver the best possible listening experience to your audience. East Coast Studio is a proudly Atlantic Canadian business and today they're offering 25% off of your first audio editing service. Just email info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you. It doesn't get much more Atlantic Canadian than that. That's info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you for 25% off of your first sound editing service today. Only this year did I, for the first time, invest in having a business coach because like I said earlier, I resisted it for way longer than I think I should have. But to be fair, I guess I needed to be in the mindset to open my door to a coach. And that was the part that I definitely underestimated. I definitely underestimated the power and the prevalence of mindset. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience working with clients around something like mindset? Yes. And when I talk about mindset, the definition that I use for myself is how we relate to our own internal experiences. So internal experiences are things that are happening to us that maybe other people wouldn't necessarily know. So it's the thoughts that we're thinking, the feelings we're having, the sensations in our bodies, memories that come up. These are internal experiences. And so my definition of mindset may be a little more broad than others because I view it as our relationship to all of those internal experiences. But of course, in coaching, we are tending to focus more on the thoughts and the emotions that come up and how we relate to them. And what I find in general is that we are so quick to merge with a thought, especially an unwanted thought, like I'm a failure, I'm a fraud, who's going to want to work with me? Those quote unquote negative thoughts. I hesitate to call anything positive or negative because I think on some level, all of those thoughts are trying to serve us. But they're probably unwanted thoughts. They don't feel really good. And yet we merge with them, we fuse with them. And if we're not careful, they can define who we are. And oftentimes the opposite happens with emotions that we don't want. We run from them. We try to avoid them. We try to get rid of them. We numb out with Netflix binges or wine or whatever your vice of choice is. 
And so there's this really interesting tension that happens when we're fusing with our thoughts, but we're trying to escape from our emotions. We just kind of get like in a whirlwind. And so mindset work for me starts a lot with creating some space between our thoughts and our self, our identity, so that we can understand how we can have a thought without automatically buying into the thought. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we're also creating space for those unwanted emotions. And so we don't feel like we have to run from them. We understand that no feeling is final. That's a real good quote, that we can create space for them. And we're not going to get taken over by those emotions. We can figure out how to navigate through them. And so when we do that kind of work, when we acknowledge the thought without buying into it, and when we create space for the emotion, all of a sudden, that's where we have a greater sense of agency and control over the choices we want to make. They don't feel dictated by the thoughts we're having or the feelings we don't want to have. We get to decide, how do I want to relate to these thoughts and feelings? And then how do I want them to inform the actions I'm taking? And I love that you said make space for those because it really is a process. It's not like you can just wake up one day and say, I'm going to stop believing this about myself. You really need to ease into it and take the necessary steps, change your narrative and give yourself that time and space to really feel it. I know this sounds very touchy-feely, but it's a very true thing. And I think there's even psychophysical responses to even the thought of success for some people, right? Like it's not necessarily a negative thought, like I'm incapable or I'm a fraud, but it can also be, what if I do succeed? What if I do hit this goal? What then? And I think that people can almost subconsciously sabotage their own success without realizing it. Have you experienced that? Oh, yes. Yes. Not just with my clients, but with myself too, because this is human nature. You know, these thoughts that we're having, the way I like to think of it is that our mind is an overactive safety monitor and it is designed to keep us safe. And we as human beings have survived for millennia because we have these instincts, right? We understand that it's safer to be part of the herd. And if we get on the outside of the herd, that's where we can get picked off. So we don't wanna put ourselves out there too much. We don't wanna be too visible because then we could get cut off. And so from a very basic safety perspective, all of those thoughts and feelings that are being generated, it's to keep us safe and inside right? Don't put yourself out there. Don't be visible. Don't make that big choice because what if, what if, what if? And so the thing is, back when we were hunting down saber-toothed tigers and, (laughs) you know, that really served us well and it was protective. What happens though is that our brain, our mind hasn't really caught up with 21st century and we interpret the threat of being visible on Instagram the same way as we view that saber-toothed tiger. It's responding the same way. And so when we make space and we say, hold up, what's really going on here? Then we can start to think through, okay, how has this thought served me in the past? And will it continue to serve me moving forward? Yes, not putting myself out there on Instagram has meant I haven't had to deal with trolls and haters and negative feedback. And maybe it's also keeping me from really growing my business. So how do I want to move forward here? And how do I want to reshape this message that my mind has been feeding me that to date has served me, but is not going to get me to the next step? And it's really just a matter of keeping your priorities in check. 
Is it more important that I not be attacked by an Instagram troll or is it more important that I deliver whatever it is that my business is designed to deliver to the clients that it's intended for? And when you put it like that, it's like, well, of course, like serving my audience or my customers or whatever it is, is the most important thing. You are exactly right. And you're actually talking about one of the three M's, which is meaning. And when we talk about meaning, I'm really coming at it from a values-based perspective. And when we talk about values, it's really just what matters most to you? How do you want to define your life? And for many entrepreneurs, authenticity, integrity, freedom, these are values that we hold dear. And so then we can ask ourselves, these limiting beliefs and messages that my mind is generating how do they compare with the values that I hold? You know, if I'm keeping myself small and not being visible, am I being authentic? Am I promoting freedom? Am I living in integrity? And so when we anchor ourselves in meaning and what really matters and we allow our actions to be informed by those values, then we know even when we're dealing with the discomfort of an unwanted thought or emotion, we know we're still acting in accordance with what matters most to us. And at the end of the day, that is really what's going to make us feel good about ourselves and good about our business. I love it. It's so simple and it gives me the goosebumps. I just love it. Everything that you just said. Thank you. I will say these things, simple but not easy, right? Like, I don't want anyone to think that this is easy work. And like you said, it is a process. Like, you will be doing this your entire life. This is how it works. But there is a simplicity to it. There is a simplicity to it that I think it's overcomplicated in the emotion of it. And you're right. It's not easy, especially the emotional pieces. And some days are easier than others. But on the days that are difficult, it's really good to have a process and just a perspective, a lens of which to look through that reminds you why you're here. So of the meaning, like you just said. That's exactly right. And on great days, we're able to do that for ourselves. And on difficult days, Sometimes that's where having a coach or a partner or someone who can reflect that back to you can be really powerful and remind you of who you are at your core and how that's going to infuse into the work that you do. Absolutely. So that brings me nicely to my next question. What should a person look for in a coach? Where do they start? If they're listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, I need this person to help me through this, where do they begin? Well, I think because the relationship is so foundational, The first thing is, okay, how do I jive with this person? You know, do we connect on a values-based level? Do we hold the same principles center in our lives? Is this someone that I feel like I could build a relationship based on trust and mutual respect with? And that's why so many coaches offer complimentary sessions or so forth, because it's as much for the client to determine if the coach is the right fit as it is for the coach to determine if the client is the right fit for them. So you can kind of see if this is someone that you connect with and that you could build a relationship with. I would also ask about their coaching experience and what types of clients that they've worked with in the past. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, so I need to work with a coach who's worked with entrepreneurs. But let's talk about, have you worked with people who struggled with imposter syndrome? Or have you worked with people who maybe have some self-doubt around a particular issue? I think it can be really easy to focus on the demographics, like I work with female entrepreneurs, but we miss the psychographics, which is I work with service-based, you know, service-forward entrepreneurs who really want to make an impact in the world. So I think if you can find a coach that really jives with you on that internal level, that's going to be a good step. Now, one question I do get a lot is, does my coach need to be certified or credentialed? 
And coaching is a really interesting profession because it is a self-regulating profession. So when I was a therapist, I had to be licensed by my state and it went through like a government regulation body. That's not the case with coaching. I won't say it's unregulated because there are organizations out there like the International Coaching Federation that credentials coaches and accredits training programs. So there is a body out there that does that work. So it's self-regulating. And while I do think that there's benefit in working with a credentialed coach because it tells you as the consumer, this person has been through a qualified training program, they've had mentorship hours, they've done peer coaching. There's some benefit there, but really I think it comes down to how skilled is this coach in the process of inquiry and how will they be able to partner with you specifically as the client to help you achieve your goals? At the end of the day, that's what matters most. It's the relationship. I need to tell you about my most downloaded free resource. If you're looking to elevate your business or brand photos using your smartphone or any other photo taking device, I don't want you to miss out on this. The results people are getting from this guide are crazy. Some say I should be charging actual money for it. But for now, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to get the beautiful photography results that they deserve. No more blurry, dark, dull, yellowish, shadowy, embarrassing photos for you, my friend. It's so much easier to get a beautiful photo than you probably think. Simply visit kellylawson.ca slash free guide to download your free photography guide and start taking better photos for your business today. That's kellylawson.ca slash free guide. I can't wait to see your photos sparkle. I'm glad that you mentioned that it's not necessarily a regulated body because from outside of the coaching world looking in, it would seem that anybody can become a coach and that you know, there's just so many to choose from and you don't necessarily know what got them there, what their background is and what their success metrics are and all of that. So I guess I'd like to ask you about the flip side. Like, what are some red flags? Yes. One of the blessings and curses of the coaching industry is that there's a low bar to entry. Anyone can call themselves a coach. You can hang out a shingle tomorrow and advertise yourself as a life coach or a business coach and go with it, which means if you want to become a coach, like you can get going pretty quickly. But as a potential client, as a consumer, it really is buyer beware. We do want to do our homework, ask the right questions, have that complimentary session. I would say that sometimes where there's a little bit of confusion is Clients and coaches alike think that coaches are supposed to tell you what to do. And while I certainly believe that in a coaching relationship, there is room for that level of consultation and more directive guidance, the coach really should be primarily interested in determining the client's path forward and tapping into the client's internal strengths and wisdom to help them figure out the next step. So any coach that comes in and says, there's one way to do it and it's my way and here's how to do it, that would be a red flag for me because that to me suggests this is someone who's more interested in getting you into their program or their way of doing things and less interested in really partnering with you to help you discover your best way to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. That's a really good answer and it makes a lot of sense because I guess at the end of the coaching relationship, if it comes to that, if it's a year-long program or something like that, you need to be self-sufficient. So if a coach is telling you what and how to do things, and then after a year they've pulled out and you're lost, that's probably not going to set you up for success. And it's not going to make either one of you look very good either. That's exactly right. 
So I want to hear more about your best-selling book that you wrote. Yeah, so it is called Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. So those are those three M's we were talking about before. And I wrote it because, again, as I mentioned before, I was seeing how my own background as a therapist could be relevant in this coaching space. And when I was practicing as a therapist, I was trained in a particular modality called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT. And while ACT is a very powerful therapeutic modality, it's equally as powerful in outside of the therapy room. And there are coaches and consultants and business people who take the principles of ACT and are able to apply them in these other areas. And so I wanted to write a book that really explored how we could take the fundamental concepts of acceptance and commitment therapy and bring them into the entrepreneurial space. So how can we bring meaning, mindset, and mindfulness into our work as entrepreneurs? What are the processes that we can use? What are the pitfalls that we need to watch out for? And so that's really what I, what I talk about in the book. I love it. I'm definitely going to get myself a copy right after we hang up here because it just speaks right to my soul. It's all of the things that as entrepreneurs, we come across and we need the tools to know how to deal with them. And sometimes you don't realize what's hiding under a rock in entrepreneurship until you're up against it. And then you're like, oh my goodness, back to my example of mindset. I didn't realize how powerful that was until I found myself up against it. And I was like, wait a second, this thing is going to hold me back. I can spend all the money in the world trying to grow a business. But if my mindset is blocking me, this is as far as I'll ever get. Yes. And, and I will tell you too, that regardless of where you get in business, how successful you are, those mindset issues have a sneaky little way of coming back in. And you know, the saying new level, new devil, that happens. So as you grow in your business, as you hit new levels, as you really step into your CEO self, it's not uncommon for some of those basic mindset issues to reemerge again, maybe wearing a different pair of shoes, you know, or a different <laughs> dress. And so that's why we continue to do the work. And And again, I have really come to view those little mindset issues, not as something to avoid or something problematic, but now it's kind of the signal that I'm on the right track. When I'm about to make a big shift in my business, when I'm about to put myself out there, the fact that those kind of limiting beliefs are popping up, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. If anything, it's like, oh, look, yeah, my imposter syndrome right on time. Or, oh, my, <laughs> my fraud genie. Yeah, he's coming out, right? Because I'm about to launch something big. So if we can kind of view it not as something to be avoided, but actually like a harbinger that something good is on the way, there's a lot of power in that too. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at it like that, it's just part of the process. And I guess you're more ready for it when you expect it to come. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you also have a podcast. Let's hear a little bit about that. I do. So I am the host of the Coach with Clarity podcast, which is a podcast for new aspiring and veteran coaches alike. And we really blend an exploration of coaching skill development and how to become a more powerful coach with some business savvy as well, because we do need strong businesses to support the coaching work that we do. So sometimes it's just a solo episode with me. Other times I will have guests on to interview about topics related to coaching. I also have coaching calls where I will coach a listener on the air. And it's just a really fun way to explore the art and the business of coaching. Absolutely. I'll make sure that I add links to the show notes for your book and for your podcast. 
I always like to end these episodes with something super actionable. So I'm wondering what listeners can do today when this episode is all over to get one step closer to either entering a coaching relationship or maybe just determining whether or not it's something that they need to add to their business. You know, Kelly, I think I would go back to the two questions that I mentioned before is really asking yourself, number one, how are you doing in terms of achieving your goals? Do you know what your goals are, first off? And secondly, how is it going in the process of achieving them? And then that second question, how are you feeling about it? So really taking a personal assessment of where you're at in your journey. And again, we're doing this without shame. We're doing it from an objective opinion. It's just This is where you're at right now. And then checking in with yourself, your thoughts, your feelings in your body as well about how you feel. And if there's any sort of disconnect, if there's any sort of tension or uncertainty that comes up, that might be a sign that checking into coaching is your next step. Absolutely. And how do you recommend people get started? Let's say they go through those questions and they're like, oh, heck yes, I need a coach in my life. What do they do next? Well, quite honestly, I think personal referrals are one of the best ways to get connected with a coach. And when I train coaches and when I talk about marketing with them, I let them know that personal referrals will always be the gold standard. They may be fewer in quantity, but they are so rich in quality. So that's why if you're someone who's thinking, hmm, maybe I should be looking at working with a coach, ask around, see if any of your colleagues, any of the other people in your business or entrepreneurial circles are working with a coach, get their experiences and possibly referrals from them as well. There are other ways to find coaches as well. You could go to the International Coaching Federation website. They have a find a coach tool. So you can look for a coach that's specific to your area of expertise or what you want to explore. The great thing about coaching is that it can be done virtually. So you're not limited by location. You can really find the coach that is going to work right for you, regardless of where you are in the world. So you could check out the Find a Coach tool. And yeah, I think those are the two places that I would start. Personal referrals and then the ICF Find a Coach website. Amazing. Lee, I appreciate your time so much. I appreciate everything that you had to say. Thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing it all with us. I am just so excited to dig into your book. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Kelly, I've had such a great time. Thank you for having me. I loved chatting with Lee. She is just so articulate and she really seems to get the process. A business coach is someone who can prop you up, ask you intelligent and strategic questions, and get you thinking about your own business and business goals in a new way. A good coach will challenge your self-defeating beliefs and give you the tools you need to push them aside so that you can stay focused on your priorities. Hiring a business coach may be just the solution you need to start your business or to improve the one you already run. If you find yourself feeling stuck, a business coach can help you to work through the processes in a systematic way to take your business wherever you want it to go. Yes, it's an investment, but maybe it will unearth new returns for you. To check out any of the resources we mentioned today, including how to get in touch with Lee or to begin the search for your next business coach, please visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 043. And until next week, remember, you can't contain the sky, nor can you even get there if you're too busy standing in your own way.
Until next week, my friends, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.